have you drawn patterns on what situations or the kind of people who stress you out the most do you suffer from one particular type of stress more often than others and are you curious how to manage stress in real time and not just the obvious long term techniques of exercise and good 8 hours of sleep then you are in the right place in this episode we are going to walk through the most common types of stress and the ways to manage it in real time and long term Hello and welcome back to a brand new episode on the Own Your Everyday series of the Being Miraculous podcast. I'm your host and self-awareness coach Shweta Shivraman and this is the second part of the two-part series on stress and how to deal with it. In the first part, we decoded stress, explored how it works and made the distinction between good and bad or chronic stress. In this episode, we will go into the types of stress and measures we can adopt to manage stress in real time and in the long run so stress we saw is a response when the demand or the perceived demand is higher than the resources we have here are three things we need to remember about stress that we learned from the first series one stress is a generalized system designed to mobilize the brain and the body two it activates certain parts to help us move and shuts certain parts that it feels can wait digestion reproduction cell repair for example are considered luxury and ignored when the body undergoes stress and three the stress response can be suppressed by activating the parasympathetic nervous system or the rest and digest mode but before we go into stress management let us understand the four common types of stress most of us experience in our lives today the first and the foremost time stress the classic too much to do but too little time to do it can cause immense stress on us physically mentally and emotionally when we stretch ourselves to fulfill commitments without managing our time or energy strategically we physically deplete our bodies we are constantly overthinking and mentally jumping from one context to the next and are emotionally drained as we are constantly in guilt or are shaming ourselves for doing or not doing certain things Two, anticipatory stress. This is when we worry about the future. This could be even specific like say pregnancy causing stress to first time parents on managing demands of the soon to be member of the family or a generic and ambiguous fear of the future like something's going to go wrong. When we are constantly on the lookout for what will go wrong, we experience anticipatory stress. Three, situational stress. This is an obvious one where a real life situation causes us stress like say losing a job or losing a loved one a contractual dispute at work a legal dispute at family etc etc this could also be a stress from past events or situations that are long gone but still survive in our minds and bodies say a family dispute 20 years ago or a crisis you faced as an immigrant without a job in a foreign land a decade ago It doesn't matter that it's in the past for it's still real in our minds. For encounter stress. This is social stress caused by confronting people, all people in general or some specific people who cause us great distress and we find ourselves unable to stand up for ourselves or what we think is right for us with them. 
And another strange but intriguing form of stress that I've observed in recent times is stress induced by happy times. We are stressed when things don't go our way. It's natural and expected. But have you caught yourself stressing when everything goes your way too? When everything happens just as you'd planned or things feel too good to be true and you catch your monkey mind going on alert mode to watch for when the cards come crashing down? This can happen around festive periods too. You kind of check yourself from being too happy or posting too much on social media because you feel you don't want things to go bad. Now there could be two causes of happy stress. One, we feel like we don't deserve what we get. This comes from a core issue of self-worth. Or two, we have a negative worldview where we feel that things will eventually go bad or someone will eventually let us down. That will always keep us from being happy, even if reality indicates otherwise. Now, these stressors can affect us at four levels. One is the psychic stage, where it's simply emotional disturbances and is like 100% reversible at this stage. Prolonged emotional disturbances causes it to go to level 2, which is psychosomatic, wherein it starts to reflect in changes in the body. Stage 3 is somatic. This is when functional changes happen in the body. For example, heart palpitations change. You might experience high blood pressure, uh, respiration to asthma, sweat to itching. And lastly, organic. Organs get disturbed. Uncontrolled high BP results in enlargement of the heart, for example. At this stage, the damage becomes irreversible. But there are techniques we can use to stop it from getting to the fourth or the organic stage. Let's first look at a technique we can use to address stress in real time. While the stress response may not be fully within our control, there are certain indirect levels that we can use to dampen it and calm down in real time. It is a simple hack to activate the parasympathetic nervous system that's known in yogic traditions for centuries to elongate exhalations longer than your inhalation. When we exhale longer than our inhalation, we activate the parasympathetic nervous system and instruct the body to slow down. It's a quick hack that we have to directly communicate to the nervous system and reassure the body and the mind that we are not in any real harm. This is something we can do regardless of where we are or who we are surrounded by. To address chronic stress in the long run, here is a three-pronged approach. One, relax. One of the most prominent side effects of prolonged states of chronic stress is that the body and mind have not relaxed. Thanks to the high cortisol levels in our body, we remain restless and agitated, ready for action and on high alert during waking hours. When we finally manage to fall asleep after many hours of high alertness, our sleep is equally disturbed and never truly allowing the rest our bodies need. To manage stress, the first thing we need to do is learn how to relax. And this is easier said than done when our nervous system is fried. A simple way for us to relax could be to take up some hobbies that engross us completely and to stop the continuous churn in the head. My favorite, for example, is to take long walks without my phones or headphones, 5 to 7 kilometers and you won't remember what you were stressed about. Alternatively, you can take up small practices of 5 to 10 minutes each and integrate it throughout your day. 
For example, it could be Om chanting, Brahmari pranayama, slow and deep breathing, making exhalations twice as long as inhalations, Anulom Vilom, breath awareness, body awareness or any mantra chanting. 2. Regulate Once we can relax, the next thing we need to do is to regulate routines to regularize our nervous system. There are 4-5 to five basic things we need to course correct in our lifestyle. Exercise, sleep, diet, digestion and social interactions. These are the basic aspects that indicate that we are running on a balanced routine where the parasympathetic system is on for sufficient periods to do its work. Sleep is the most important. Experts say stress can be reversed completely if sleep is sufficiently restful. Exercise or movement helps discharge unused adrenaline or cortisol in the bodies. Diet ensures that our bodies receive sufficient nourishment for cell repair and rejuvenation. Proper digestion ensures that we cleanse our body timely to avoid accumulation of toxins. And healthy interactions ensure we are able to connect in a balanced manner with the world around us and don't feel isolated or cut off. Assess how you're doing on all these aspects and see which needs focus to regulate and work on it one aspect at a time. Build routines to sleep early and wake early. Brahmari pranayam, for example, is very potent in improving sleep. Avoid phones one hour before going to bed to avoid stimulation just before falling asleep. Make time for proper diet and nourishment. Become aware of interactions that trigger you and do something about the ones that aren't working for you. Accept what you cannot change, modify what you can influence and remove people whom you can avoid for better interactions with the world around you. 3. Recalibrate One of the first things we identified is that stress is a response to triggers. Once we can relax and regulate our nervous system, the first thing we need to do is identify triggers, recognize patterns and recalibrate. We need to identify what types of stress we most suffer from and actively take steps to mitigate them. If it is time stress, we need to find out where our time is being spent and whether or not they are our priorities. If they are not on track, we need to realign our schedules so that we can focus our limited time on our top priorities. We need to learn to say no to things that are not our priorities so that we don't suffer from the stress of having too little time to do the things we love. Another good strategy here is to delegate things others can do for you. I'll record a separate podcast on time management in the coming weeks to explore this more. Now, if it is anticipatory stress, practicing techniques that help us stay in the present moment can be a great starting point. Pranayama or mindfulness practices can be a good way to minimize our worries about the future. If it's related to specific events, seeking help from friends and family or professionals like therapists, coaches, mentors can help us gain clarity and keep fears at bay. If it is situational stress, Drawing the distinction between what's in our control and what's not in our control and focusing all our energy and attention on proactively doing everything that is within our control is a good strategy to navigate situational stress. 
If it is encounter stress, a short-term strategy is to explore with a therapist or a coach on why you feel a certain way with certain people and how to navigate conflicts. The long-term approach can be using methods like journaling to deepen self-awareness and stay in touch with your emotions and triggers. The more we understand our emotional patterns, the more proactively we can take measures to stay on top of situations and maintain good relationships with those around us. Bottom line, we cannot remove the stressors from our lives, but we can certainly equip ourselves to deal with it in a better way. So here's your own your everyday tip for this week. While the stress response might not be fully in our control, there are indirect levers like elongating exhalations that we can use to hack the nervous system and reactivate the parasympathetic or rest and digest mode on. Use the 3R approach of relax, regulate and recalibrate to counter chronic stress and find your peace amidst the hustle and bustle of daily life and responsibilities. Until we meet again, this is Shweta signing off, hoping you have a phenomenal week ahead. 